one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. I was just saying, off air for our live recording session viewers over on the Recast page, that, well, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, but I loved the fact that I woke up at 4.30 Well, it looks morning. like you woke up at 4.30 this well, morning. <laughs> yes, I loved it at 4.30. It's now, just after one o'clock, yeah. starting to hit me a little bit. Yeah, you've hit a wall. Well, not a wall, but I'm definitely downhill, right. you know? I'm in neutral, fuel economy mode. Just cruising um, towards what's going to be an early death at about 4pm, I think. So I uh, cracked open the, the caffeine. What you um, need to do, mate, is get yourself a little bed up there and have a little nap before you go home. Like a little cheat nap. You know what I mean? I'm surprised you're saying that because, I mean, it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I mean, I'd never do it, but you're not after man, I am. So. <laughs> I'm just trying to help me, mate. If my wife found out I'd got a bed at the office and I was saying, babe, I have got so much on. I must go. And then she came around and there was a bed. I would not be alive to tell the tale. But also like you, you give me and Paul and anyone within our group a hard enough time for not working nearly as hard as you do. Yeah. And the fact that you have suggested having a secret bed at your workplace that you can have a nap on has shocked me. I didn't think that would even enter your conscience, that, that idea. No, I was just looking out for my mates to feel sorry for you. Do you secretly have naps in between sales? Never. If it's a quiet day at the showroom, you're just Never. like, oh, I have a little lie down. I, I can't do it. I, I can only sleep like in the dark. <laughs> Like or, or a really dark room. I'm like a bat. I oh, know they. No, they're the other way around, don't they? Uh, they sleep in the day. They sleep in the day. Yeah. yeah so, so I'm the opposite to a bat. Do can you sleep on a plane? You know I can't. I do know you can't. Can you sleep in a car? You know I can't. Well, I don't know you can't. Like, I, I, I spent four days. Mind you, it wasn't your flat out there. Flat out, man. Well, flat out, forty mile out. <laughs> well, it's fast flat car. Yeah. Oh, I I can definitely. So I don't like napping. I really don't like napping. No. Um, but I can. 
if it's required. And I found with a baby, it is required every now and again. Anyway, we've literally spent five minutes talking about sleep, which is not what this podcast is about. If, no. you're, if you're new to Behind the Glass, welcome. This is uh, an automotive podcast some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not all the time, but some of the time. Uh, you can enjoy us uh, on a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. You can listen audio only on most podcast players. We just activated Amazon Music. Uh, some of our listeners are employees at Amazon Music and sent a, a note to my to our podcast publisher saying, why is Behind the Glass not on Amazon Music? Tell them to get their act together. So thank you for letting we're us We're on know. there as well. We're on there now. And uh, as I mentioned right at the start, if you want to join us for live recording sessions and early access to episodes and bonus content like After the Good Flag that I do with Paul and additional bits of uh, snippets that we do, uh, head over to Recast, recast.tv forward slash behind the glass. Uh, lots of car news to catch up on quickly today before we get into our main topic, which is going to be the Ferrari Puro Sangue. My video went live on the main channel at the weekend. We teased the fact last week we were going to talk about it and we're going to get into it this week because, uh-huh. well, there was a lot of, is conjecture the right word? No idea. going to go with conjecture about the car when, when the embargo lifted and everyone's content came out, I saw a lot of people just going, let's, let's discuss. So we're, we're going to get into it. Uh, quickly, just a shout out to some of our, our live viewers. Marlon, uh, Karen, Karan, uh, Brandon Taylor 9, uh, Timothy Schroll, who says, no one works harder than Tony. I thought everyone knew that. Good point, Timothy. Uh, and Kevin as well. So That is actually a lie, but I really appreciate your support. now i want to start with a clip that was going viral on social media over the weekend i think or at least the last couple of days did you see the citroen amy amy am i I reposted in monaco yeah Yeah. i reposted it and said you're right paul (laughs) (laughs) because it's the kind of thing that paul wallace would do yeah it's just go piling in wouldn't he go straight but no but so (laughs) how many clips did you see of this just the one uh, no, I probably see more than one. There was there was one which was a shorter clip of it, literally hitting the. I mean, the thin barriers not there to kill someone, by the way. Yep, yep. There was there was people literally there. Legit. Um, mind you, would it have killed someone because it weighs about as much as a pram? No, no. It, it, weigh <laughs> it weighs a lot more than a pram. It would have flattened someone. Yeah. So I saw I saw the the longer one where he went up and come back down and then rolled, and then I saw a smaller one a smaller clip where he where he just come down from the back basically that's all i saw he i'm assuming the driver was male have we seen that clip I, all right let's say he um well let's hope he's all right first of all let's hope he's all right it looked from the footage like everyone outside the vehicle was all right they all managed to get out of the way yeah but it definitely looked like he was i don't think he was trying to roll it it definitely looked like he was trying to cock a cock a wheel didn't he he was going up and down as fast as he could and i think he thought I could get a bit of lean on here because there were so many people filming it that I know, for example, if you go to Monaco on that hairpin, the iconic hairpin from the Grand Prix circuit, lots of people do just sit on the wall there and watch the cars go by. They wait for supercars. Yeah, wait for supercars, but even just tourists, just general tourists. So it's not unthought of that random members of the public could be sitting there and filming it. But the reason I think they were filming it is I reckon he was going up and down a number of times, faster and faster, wheels screeching, and he thought... I'll be able to get this up on two wheels. It will look hilarious. And then he just went over. Well, he did get it up on two wheels. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I think happened. I think he's an absolute moron, first of all. And I think he's gone up flat out because he's ov- he, you can go uphill flat out. It, and he does 
35 mile an hour, that thing. So he probably thought, well, I can go up flat out, I'll come down flat out. It's doing the same speed. Well, you're not doing the same speed, and you're going round a left-hand corner as opposed to going up round a right-hand corner. And uh, it, all, it all went terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. Um, Barry in the live chat saying that there's even a point-of-view angle, which is outrageous. <laughs> that is outrageous. So, yeah, it definitely was planned, but I don't think it was planned to roll over, and you're right. Thank God for the barriers, because the car flips... And, and just smashes into they're quite like spaced out posts yeah and there's some people sitting behind it that managed to clear out the way but there's a one clip which makes it look fairly dramatic like, yeah. like quite terrifyingly dramatic but i mean just silly but just, did you but i knew he was gonna crash as he come down the hill okay you i knew he was going way too far as I, as I looked down before I even knowing it was gonna do that yeah. i thought that is way too fast like, do you remember <laughs> that's that just gonna go straight steve sutcliffe clip when he was in with um yeah who was in the, the Jaguar Jag. driver? Yeah, the F1. Pits, uh, Pitonia? Antonio Pitonia, I think it was. He knew he was going too fast. Yeah, Catalonia. Hurling into the first corner. Cyclone <laughs> just goes, nope. No. <laughs> We're not making this corner. It, yeah. You had the same moment with that it's, Citroen. It's huh? the, it's, it's, and I had that similar moment when I was in your Ferrari that time. Do you what? remember? Oh, yeah. You because a... I, I genuinely, I said to you, mate, yeah. that's too fast. Yeah. Because we were I, on the Mille Emilia. Yeah. And I just thought you were going too fast. Were we chasing the... Yellow F8 at the time? Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was literally, he might as well have been in reverse. I think he was in cruise control. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I was giving it 11 tenths. Be like, yeah. Wait, I can have him. Yeah. I can have him. But what, but what, that wasn't down to your bad driving or good driving because I happen to think you're a good driver. But I was looking down and I looked up and then all of a sudden the corner was there. That's why I flapped. So, mate, yeah. mate you're going far too fast. Yeah. And then, you didn't think the car was capable. Yeah. You had underestimated the abilities but of a 360. It was because I was looking down. I must have been looking at that stupid map that you give me. And then I looked up and then there's a corner. <gasps> my, my brain couldn't. Yeah, yeah, you freaked out. But Fr- we, we, I did actually freak out. It was the one and only moment on all of Mili Mili where you genuinely lost your poo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, we're going to die now. Yeah. Um, but that fantastic car and it's great handling got us around that corner at high speed. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as you say, hopefully everyone in the uh, Citroen instant was all right. I mean, it's such a silly car that, and if you go to Monaco, Cars like that, like the Twizy, it's what people do because it's just like the 17 year olds who are bored and they've got these little things and they just fly around everywhere just trying to basically get yeah. it up onto, onto its side. Because um, I think it only does 40 or 50 miles on a charge as well. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little tiny city. Useless. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd actually have a Twizy instead, but anyway. Moving on. So, yeah, car news aside from uh, viral clips on Instagram and TikTok, uh, Porsche have announced another rise in prices. They all have. So, well, I think you you mentioned this. Who was was it? Ferrari said have also bumped up their prices in January. They did, but but um, most manufacturers from the turn of year put all their prices up on their cars. Porsche apparently are claiming it's to maintain a healthy profit, <laughs> which I kind of applaud. Well, at least they're honest. <laughs> at least they're super honest because yeah. apparently in twenty twenty two they had great profits. So, well, we've got to we've got to maintain that. So let's up our prices. Yeah, but it's been happening a lot, hasn't it, over the last couple of years, especially with the the uh, part supply issues and things like that, we've seen prices go up from GT3 from the moment it launched at 121 grand for the 992 generation. I think by the time I bought mine, it was like 130 something. Mm. Um, so they've been flying up. Yeah. Now, talking about Porsche and prices, you have a little story to tell about a Turbo S, don't you? Oh, mate. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it is a story and, and nothing surprises me now in the motor trade. But um, most of you know I've got a Turbo S. I bought it, in the trade, so from a dealer, 
I didn't buy it direct from the customer. It was new. It done 50 miles. But I didn't buy it direct from the customer who the Porsche dealer supplied. I get a call. Uh, can I ask one quick question? Of course. The trade person you bought it from, was that a Porsche dealer or you bought it from no, an no, independent? No, it was, a, it was, a, it was an, a, an independent dealer. Okay. Yeah. He had bought it from the customer, Fine. obviously. So the customer took delivery of it. He's, a, he's had overs for it. Then, so he could we say the customer has flipped the Turbo S? Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, okay. he's li- okay. he's literally drove it out of out of his local Porsche dealer and driven it up the road and got his money and a, and a drink on top. Fair play, but that's up to him. <laughs> no, that's no problem. Not what I would do. I'd drive the car, but, but fair that, play. That, that's up to him. Anyway, so I bought it from the dealer last week. I get a call from the man who bought the car. The, the customer, the original cu- the, turbo customer. The original customer who had the car for 25 minutes said, um, I've seen that you're advertising my old car. I said, right. He said, um, Porsche are giving me a bit of a hard time. Can you take it down and, and re-photograph it and uh, block the number plates out? I said, no. What are you talking about? What? I said, I said, uh, my word, you can imagine what my words were. Not to, not <laughs> I don't to imagine the, you were that polite. <laughs> not, to the, not to the man, but I said to him, tell Porsche to F off. Yeah. As, in, as in, you've sold, the, whether you should have sold the car or not, I have an opinion about it. Once you've parted with your money, you should be able to do what you like with your car, regardless of what they say. Because what's, what's good for them is good for everyone else. As in, it's okay for them to have delivery mile GT3s and delivery mile Turbo S's advertised at well over list. But it's not all right for the customer to flip it to earn a little profit or a big profit or whatever they decide. And then an, an independent dealer to advertise it. That's not allowed. Well, what I think is, there's so many sort of parts of that story, which I'm just like, what? I know. So firstly, that Porsche, as you say, have called their customer. Given him grief. And said, it's not on. You know, yeah. you didn't tell us you were going to flip the car, You blah, blah, blah. Um, we're really unimpressed. Could you at least hide the plate so that Porsche retail don't find out or something? This is a Turbo S, by the way. I mean, there's there's 75 of them for sale. It's not as though there's only two. Makes no sense. Get them. Yeah. But then the fact that the customer has called you, who he didn't even... Did you know this person? Never met him in my life. Ne- so they cold called you and said, can you please take the pictures down? Which is... Absolutely insane. It's like me. My, I'm getting some grief from Porsche because the car's advertised. My ABBA, the 695 Preposto record, the yellow one, mm-hmm. went up for sale a few months ago. It was doing the rounds and loads of people were sending me pictures on Instagram. It's like, oh, your Preposto record's for sale. Imagine if I'd written to the dealer and said, oh, can you, can you remove the plates? People keep tagging me. Yeah. I don't want the grief. I'd be like, yeah, who wa- are you, mate? He wanted me to blur the plate or remo- remove the photos and retake it with my gravel to, to get the plate off. Because the thing is, like, I understand the the bad the bad guys here are Porsche for giving him crap, right? Like, you it's know, none of their business. Yeah. None of their business. They've sold the car. They got the money. Like, sorry, yeah, yeah. deal's done. Like, you may regret that, and you think, okay, well, we're not going to sell him another car because he's a flipper and he didn't give it back to us. But to to put a, enough pressure on him because he's only calling you because he's genuinely feeling the pressure. Do you know yeah, because of a few uh, probably future relationship, as in he probably wants other cars, and now they might. And now they might not give him a special car because he's flipped the Turbo S. I, I, I would have guessed that that's probably why he's flapping. But that's the thing is anyone in a normal state of mind would have just gone, well, that's an unreasonable thing to ask someone that I don't know. So, sorry, Porsche. No, like, tough. The car's gone. Like, yeah, I sold yeah, it. Sold sorry. It. Um, 
But I guess it's further proof of some Porsche centres kind of using, well, I don't know, what would you call it? Suspicious tactics or or just going about things the wrong way, right? I, I, I have absolutely no problem with people flipping cars or even Porsche trying to protect their brand, right? They're, they are trying to protect their brand, and I completely get that. But do you know what, Porsche? Tell all your dealers to take all the cars down that are all at loads over list, that are at delivery miles, that it's okay for them to sell it, but yeah, when a customer does it, that's not allowed. I mean, it's bang out of order. And actually, do you know what? I've heard so many stories over the last couple of years I'm actually starting to resent the brand. Really? I, I, honestly, mate, I love the cars. It's one of my... F- that they were they were with Ferrari my favourite brand for years. But just over these last few years, and what I've experienced as a human being over the last few years with having a relationship with Porsche, uh, my, love, my love for the brand, not the product, the brand is slowly dying. Wow. Because... It's just wrong how they treat some people. Well, and that's the thing, I, you know, you always hear negativity online, right? People don't jump online to sing praises about things because they're yeah. just happy in life and getting on with it. So people always jump to complain. But yeah, the amount of stories that have come through over the last couple of years of people being ro- done wrong by Porsche dealers yeah, um, and mistreated or, or taken down, what's it called? Taken down the country path. Or what's it called? What's that? Yeah, what's yeah, that yeah. Taken down a blind alley. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I hear, look... I've had an amazing experience, you know, but I've been very lucky, I suppose. Yeah. But um, I did as well. I, yeah. I in recent times, and and by the way, I'm not tarnishing all the Porsche dealers with the same sure. stick. By the way, because I do genuinely know some really good ones that are, that really try to be fair. And actually, from that point of view, it's the customers that stiff them up, that stiff the Porsche dealers up. But I think. I, I I think they've become very arrogant because they've got such a popular product now. I, I think a lot of them have become very arrogant sure. in, in the way they behave. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the stories, but, mate, I've got so many stories yeah, I could sure. tell. I, I can't be bothered to go yeah, through Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a whole, it, it, it's a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just like, who cares? Who like, cares? You know, like. uh, well, let's move on because I thought, quite interestingly, Volkswagen have come out and confirmed that their new ID1 electric vehicle is going to be 17 grand as an entry level EV and I'm I don't even know what that was. I, well no, so obviously we've had the ID3 and the ID4, right? So this is still yet I mean still yet to be unveiled, but it's the upcoming ID1. So is that an up like an up or a Polo that sort of thing? Yeah, size? that's what they're saying. It's saying it's a similar size to the Polo and this is their entry level EV and it's 17 grand. I'm like finally a relatively sensibly priced EV from a from a mainstream manufacturer. Well, seventeen grand is is level with a combustion car. I mean, that's what a that's what like a GTI up would be, or a, 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 a even a Polo is probably more than seventeen grand new. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we are yet to I think find out stats and things like that. <laughs> this walk, it's like it does twenty five miles. Um, seventeen grand, but you got to buy the batteries after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could be slightly undone here, but. You know, one of our big red flags or big issues with electric vehicles is their price to purchase. Mm. And I think if we start seeing big manufacturers do this and and introduce more entry-level EVs, it's going to help a lot in terms of adopting electric cars into the mainstream. 
So I'm going to keep a close eye on this. I'm, I'm intrigued. 17 grand ID1. So my, my concern is it will come out with really tiny mileage, long charging times to try and encourage you to spend more and go up to the bigger ones. But, you know, people are going to have to start somewhere with these electric cars. And yeah. I Visually, I think that ID3 and 4 are really good. Yeah. Um, I think the three is supposed to be another good sort of semi-entry level one. I, so. I actually think a lot of electric cars are quite good looking. Yeah, full styling stop. wise. Yeah, I think that's one thing they're doing really well is giving them that futuristic vibe. Yeah. One thing which I've noticed though, which is definitely a marketing thing, what's gone away are the sporty EVs. You noticed that? I haven't noticed it. But I'm not surprised. And we had this conversation before. Remember the above conversation. Mm-hmm. So and I I get it. I understand why maybe long term it's probably not the route to go. And if you go back to the previous podcast that we recorded last week and spoke about synthetic fuels, you'd half understand why maybe in future they're looking in that direction. It makes complete sense to me. Well, yeah. So you know, petrolheads are always going to be the hardest group to convince to yeah. switch to electric, and also the hardest sector within the market to, to create a really sporty, emotive EV is difficult. Oh, it's just a very small percentage of the market as well, by the way. Well, it's there tiny. we go. So realistically, most people, and we see the biggest benefit for electric vehicles are those who are using it on a daily commutable basis, and therefore you don't need sports cars. But yeah, we're getting a lot of these kind of hatchbacks, SUVs, big chunky things. Yeah. But you're right, they're good looking. I saw, we spoke about it before, the Ionic 6, when yeah. I was on that trip down to... Uh, Switzerland uh, a few weeks ago. I love the way that looks. It's really weird, really like slinky slurky, but they look futuristic, which I think is half the, half the battle. Yeah. Um, we, we we literally just sold an Ionic 5, which I think is a fa- fabulous looking car and actually quite a good car for an electric car. And we, we had a, an A35 in stock and I never realised the difference in size until you put them both. I mean, huge. Mate, it's it's... Like it's like a Q5. Yeah, it's ginormous. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, it made the A35 look like a, a like mini, a, like an, an old up. mini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, it's so hard because in photos it looks great and it looks size wise it makes sense. When you see them, they're just they're just ginormous, huge. But that's why the Ionic Six is a lot sleeker, a lot yeah, smaller, fair. a lot sleeker. Um, away from EVs and back to combustion engines, BMW said that they're slashing their UK diesel offering as demand dips. Now, this made me panic slightly because I own a diesel X3. (laughs) (laughs) But then I also thought, well, that makes it increasingly Oh, here we go. Here we go. Increases the value, Tony. That's what he thinks. One of the last diesels in the UK. (laughs) Buy it now. The last. For five grand premium. (laughs) Does this surprise you? No. Do you see a decreased interest in diesels at Gravelwood? Uh, It's hard for me to tell because... The only diesels I really sell are SUVs okay, and big SUVs, and I think they will still stay diesel. Although, when you look at Land Rover now and BMW, they're X5s now, they're three-litre petrol with hybrid technology, so or even two-litre petrols with hybrid technology. So the thing is, mate, diesel is really expensive to buy. Now, yeah. it's... Like 30 or 40p a litre more. No, about 20. 18, 20p a litre. I've been going to the wrong petrol stations. <laughs> well, you will be because you live in London Central London. Or Surrey. <laughs> Slow <and> school. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So, the, the, but yeah, say 20p a litre, 18 to 20p a litre. So, but if you've got an efficient petrol car, like a two litre petrol car, unless you, we spoke about this millions of times, if you, unless you're doing loads of miles, there's no benefit. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a hard one. Ever since I went to the the forty D for the X three, I, I yeah, I've missed the engine in the forty I. I've definitely appreciated the increased fuel economy, but but could I have got the similar fuel economy if I'd got an X three thirty? You know what? You know if I hadn't got the big equivalent. So, my point being. Yes, I can understand why diesels are losing interest and uh, I don't know. I still, as a daily commuter car, I think I would lean towards that or a hybrid. Well, if you're, what, a diesel? If, if you're a diesel or a hybrid. But if you're doing a lot of miles. Yes, which I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you're, if you're not, if you're not doing loads and loads and loads of miles, then you might, you might as well have the petrol equivalent, yeah. equivalent because it's cheaper, cheaper to buy. The, the actual vehicle's cheaper to buy and it's cheaper to, to run because of the price difference in fuel. Bear with me as I go down a bit of a niche segue here. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sound like you. <laughs> so, uh, at the weekend I went to check out uh, M3 Touring. Great car. We can, we can talk more about it because at some point I'm getting a loan to do proper content with. And the first thing that blew me away looking at it is how much more space it has than my X3. This is mind-boggling. Mm. I literally almost went to get a tape measure. I even messaged Joe Achilles about it, resident BMW expert. Because, obviously, X3, M3, or 3 Series Touring, it's supposed to be basically the same, right? Jacked up, yeah. And you would expect the X3, the SUV form, to have more space. But the ultimate test is the Pram, which obviously I took with me to test out. As you would. As you would. Did you take the baby or just at the prime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> and the baby as well. People might uh, think bad things and yeah. just run around. <laughs> Left the baby on the pavement to the, uh, to the pram in. Um, now, our pr- so at the moment, we have a bassinet, which is like the carry cot section, and then the foldable base. In the X3, with the base and the bassinet next to each other in the boot, that is the boot done. Everything else you have to pile on top, and you run out of space fairly quickly. When Vicky's mum came to stay the other week when I was away... We had to pick up from the airport. We had the baby. I was like, well, look, this is a disaster. <laughs> On top of that, with the baby seat and the Isofix, the, pass, the front passenger seat has to be right in the dash. The M3 touring, which I assume is exactly the same for the standard 3 Series touring. Oh my God, the boot. It's cavernous. Like, weirdly, but it, but loads it, much. But it'll be deep. It won't be high. You're fine. So the, the cubic, the cubic uh, size will be smaller. But oh, but... So don't forget it's higher. Yes, the but then that, then basically cubic size is, is BS. Because, <laughs> because playing, if you're a good Tetris player, uh, um, it's just about how you can fit stuff in and, and mm. having the depth, well, just change the game. But to be fair, mate, if you, if you need more room in a bigger state car or even an X3, you're taking too much stuff. No, 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 hold on. Because it's not just the boot. Firstly, prams are just clunky things. Get rid of the pram. I've never had an issue with our car until we had, until we had a bloody baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I love my daughter. Um, but she comes with a lot of paraphernalia. Of course. Uh, so until, until we had the pram, I n- never complained. But, but baby paraphernalia, but it's not just the boot. Because I can move past the boot, like, fine. Like, but it's the internal cabin size. Because I say, with the M3, with the Isofix in the car seat... I could you could I could sit in the front passenger seat with loads of space in the X3 you can't do it. Mm. I'm in the dash I can't fit in the seat. So I don't understand it but 3 series touring way more practical than X3. But I had exactly the same conversation with Paul the other day 
two different cars, the RS6 and the Q8. Because right. I've got them both in stock. Okay. And the RS6 has got more room inside. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Because it's a bigger state car. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, why are we all buying SUVs? <laughs> but it did make me genuinely reconsider it's, that. It's, 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 it's lifestyle vehicles. It's trendy. And so does. the reason I went to the Segway was, as I started looking, going, right, well, get rid of the X3. Let's just get a 340 Get rid of the X3. Get, get a 340D Tour. Just leave it here. Or, or, or an M3 Tour. <laughs> if I can really convince Vicky, let's wait for the loan for I've got one. one coming. I know you do. Yo, you can have that. Well, let's wait and see. I, I've got to convince Vicky of the... I'll, I'll give you good money for your car. I'll look after you on the, on the M3. Done it. Don't get so excited. Yeah, no, come My on. My point being, come I was on. then also thinking, well, what about a 330E, the hybrid? That's boring. Yeah, but it's... Basically, Vicky's car. Like, it's a car that's just used for shipping stuff oh, around. I'd be fuming with a 330. But you lose boot space because you've got all the bloody battery guns. Of course, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, then, all the reason I'm doing the change, the practical, just lost. An M3 would actually be perfect for you. An Gen- M3 would actually be pretty Gen- dreamy. Genuinely. But you say this, I, let, I say, I've got to wait until I have the true experience. But my initial thought is the problem with my lifestyle. <laughs> with an M3 Touring is, I'm going to want to drive that car the majority of the time. Well, you can't. What's Vicky going to drive? She, but you've got three other cars, mate. Don't be greedy. I know, but, that, but that's the point. Like, Let her drive that. N- uh, it's better off leaving her to do her thing in an X3 or an M340D Touring or whatever, and then I can just focus, go back onto my initial charge of four-seater sports car. Oh, I've, I've cracked it. Go on. You keep the X3, get rid of the Jag, and have an M3 touring then what's then the point you can't have an x3 and an m3 touring of course you can you're going to drive it more than her sorry her vicky anyway uh just quickly checking in uh a few messages on the chat timothy uh what are you saying here does the mpg gain of diesel offset the price difference uh, that's my argument but Depends i'm not how many miles you do yeah that's what i think but if i actually sat down with the calculator timothy i'm not i'm not so sure i couldn't I couldn't really work it out. Um, and then Jacob just jumped from diesel to petrol. My fuel bill has decreased by a third and get the same MPG. Uh, I guess it slightly depends on uh, yeah. on, the, on the engine <laughs> and what car and stuff. Yeah. And then Barry's has gone back to the uh, Porsche chat uh, and said a delivery mileage McCann GTS uh, at dealers around 99K at the moment, 15 to 20K over list, which is fairly insane. Anyway. Talking about cars over list, I think there is one car we can guarantee is going to sell over list. And actually, I'd love... If, you, if, you, if, if there were... Because... Oh, hold on a minute. I know what you're going to say. Carry on, actually. No, no. Carry on. One car that we can guarantee is going to sell over list. <laughs> and I would love to, us to try and guess and estimate just how insane we think immediate resale values of this car is going to be. It's the main topic for today. The Pure de Sangue. Yeah. Now... Before I rudely jumped in, um, the you know that the the dealers or Ferrari are getting people to sign waivers that they can't sell the car out of the network within the first eighteen months. That doesn't surprise me. So the car the car has to go back to the network, but but, but yeah, it will it it there will be some there'll be some that end up at Romans or some, someone won't care. And Oh, yeah. There, so, there, will, there will be overs. Can we revisit that towards the end? Because we need to discuss the difference between that and Porsche and why that seems less of a a bad thing or, ne- or less of a surprise from Ferrari and what the differences are. Can we come back to that after I, we get uh, into can, the car? Yeah, I can tell you why, but go on. Because also there's something that I want to talk about before that, about that, about... 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Out the person way about who's going to be buying it, how, like, etc. Good. So, um, do you know who's going to be buying it? I want to talk about who Ferrari <laughs> pretend is going to be buying oh, it. It's and who's so funny. Going this conversation is going to be hilarious. So, I think we've got to launch straight into the big elephant in the room when it comes to the Pura Sangue. Is or isn't it an SUV? I, I genuinely do think it is. I know you're probably going to say it's not. But you've been brainwashed. <laughs> you've been to a Ferrari. Wouldn't be the event. first time. You've been massaged. You've been cuddled. You've had volivants. You've had nice coffee in Italy. And they have literally brainwashed you into it not being an SUV. The reason why they haven't called it an SUV is because they're embarrassed that that it is an SUV. They just don't want to admit that it's an SUV. And the reason why I think it's an SUV is because it's sporty. It's utility and it's a vehicle <laughs> so that basically does sum up the pura sangue what it is yeah it might be a bit smaller than some of them but i'll tell you another thing as well everyone that buys that car i bet they'll be coming out their suv to go in it they won't be coming out their car okay so here's a few things uh i'll question the utility part quite massively right secondly all those people that are coming out of Eurus's dbx's Range Rovers. Range, I think they're going to be disappointed and confused. <laughs> oh, they will be. <laughs> and I think a lot of people have misunderstood this car and queried this car because of, and we're partly to blame here, because of for the last 18 months or two years, we've been saying, oh, Ferrari going to make an SUV. Can you believe it? The Ferrari SUV is coming. Even when the embargo lifted and all the reviews came out, 75% of reviews had a title saying Ferrari's SUV. Yeah. Now, You've taken the literal meaning for SUV, sports utility vehicle. Yeah. And gone, that's what it is. It's a sports utility vehicle. Yeah. But if we step away from the, it's like when we used to call things four by fours, you know, and they weren't always actually four by fours. Mm. A Hoover's not always a Hoover. That's just the brand. Anyway, so I'm getting lost. 
we consider SUVs big four by four GP Duraces, <laughs> DBXs, Range Rovers. So you get what I'm it's saying? All, right? It's all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to write down because there's, it covers such a broad range now. But think of an SUV as a Range Rover, a Urus, a DBX, uh, a Porsche Cayenne. That's what we're going to reference. And when when I say SUV, that's what I'm discussing. So you're you're ruling out. Q5, no, no, Tiguan, no, no, Qashqai. Fine. I call those are smaller SUVs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All SUVs. Yeah, and then you have mini SUV Q3s and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing about the Pura Sangue to, I think, understand initially is this is not an entirely new thing for Ferrari. This is essentially an evolution of the Lusso. What's the, what's the official name for it? Do you know? Pura Sangue. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, not, I know the, what, what, what the code they, name, the internal what, code what, name. What, no, what have they described the car as, as in what is it? What have they said? It's a two plus two. That's it? Yeah. Okay. It's the next iteration in Ferrari's two plus two. The first ever four door car from Ferrari. Okay. Do you know what, do you know what? So I had done a bit of digging because right. I knew this was coming. I knew what you was going to say. So I have actually done a little bit of homework. Please. It is a luxury four-seat, four-door vehicle. Okay. That is the actual terminology. That's their official terminology. Correct. Fine. That, that is what they're going to... That is what they'll sell the car as. Fine. Well, that, and to me, that makes sense. So, Ferrari, two plus two cars for them. So, four-seat cars. It's insanely long lineage. I mean, it's what Enzo used to drive from the factory. He used to always pick the two plus twos. And as I say, this is, read between the BS, an evolution of the Lusso. It has just gained two extra doors and a bit of ride height. And a hundred grand in price. We'll come back to that. <laughs> At least. It is not a completely new architecture from Ferrari. There is some insanely clever suspension. That is true. But get behind the wheel. It feels familiar. It okay. is not like a Lamborghini customer getting behind the wheel of a Urus for the first time. Right. So, moving from that point. So, once we understood where the concept comes from, where it began its life, there's a few things that you need to look at that would be found usually in its competitors or in other SUVs that I think would make it more of an SUV. Firstly, it is really not that far off the ground. So much so, it requires lift. Right. As standard, it comes with a very small lift. You can option an additional lift. But that is how low it is. Like, there will be... Okay, not speed bumps, but there'll be some driveway, some elements that it will struggle to get up. So it is not that high off the ground. But I can lift my RS6, by the way. Fine. Yeah, yeah, of course, because air suspension and things like that. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, it, it requires, that's a, actually a brilliant example, because it's not the height that you said RS6, you didn't say RSQ8. No, well, you can lift that if it's got air suspension as well. Of course, but you're yeah. less needed, you're less required Correct. to. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that, not that high off the ground. Um, there is absolutely no off-road mode, loose surface mode. The, well, there isn't in a Qashqai. There isn't in a Tiguan. There isn't in a Q5. But in terms of what people are claiming the Pura Sangue's competitors are, DBX, uh, actually, D yeah, DBX does. Urus does. Cayenne doesn't. Um, I don't Range Rover does. I don't think it has a competitor. It Pura definitely Sangue. doesn't. That's This is the whole yeah. point. It doesn't. Yeah. But, but a lot of sportier SUVs or at least where you could position it what other brands are doing they do have some kind of off-road mode no towing capability the boot is medium-ish no roof rack no roof rails available 
So its utility abilities are actually quite lacking. It is just gained the two additional doors at the back. But but a lot of a lot of SUVs for people's audio, I'm wiggling my fingers. Yep. Um a lot of SUVs uh come under that same bracket. They're called SUVs, but then they don't actually fit the full criteria. Yeah, because there's so many vehicles that now fit in this weird Yeah. Yeah, uh, in but this that, weird But that's column. the manufacturer you see because it's just basically what it is, mate, and we're gonna come back to it. It, it's a, it's it's an excuse for a manufacturer to hike the price up of a car in general. Ferrari don't need to do it because they're Ferrari, and again, we'll talk about this after. But in general, a manufacturer will call something an SUV because they can ask more money for it. Yeah, okay. That's what it's all about. What would you call an A6 all-road? A car. That is what the Pura Sangue is. It is so much closer to an RS6 all-road than an RSQ8. Well, that's worse. It, it may be. It, it's worse it's, then. But it's, it's a Ferrari. It's an expensive car then. It's yes. just a car. Yes. I mean, that, well, but, um, it's a piss take then. But you know, okay, just, uh, we, uh, we, you have to involve the price in the conversation, <laughs> but, but you know, as a Ferrari, it's fantastic. It's, like, it's genius. The most impressive thing about the Pura Sangue is that considering it is an RS6 all-road or a Panamera Sport Turismo, Cross Turismo, yeah, it's a it's a slightly lifted estate car. And and if they had started off saying, boys and girls, we're making a Ferrari estate car, it could have made a little bit more sense, a tiny bit more sense. But no one would have bought it. No one would have bought it because everyone wants to buy, yes, as you say, SUVs. but but that is it is way way closer in in that argument and and therefore when you drive it the fact that it's a true Ferrari it, as I say it feels like a Lusso but actually it's bigger it's heavier it's got four doors it's got massage seats it's got all these different things oh, yeah. but still performs like a Ferrari is why it's so impressive yeah but then as you say you come on to the big big issue the price so. Specked up, this is a 400 grand car. Easily. It's quite hard not to get to 400 grand. You've got to actively avoid some options like internal carbon fiber. I think it's like, is it more than, is it 24 grand or is it 12? I think the glass roof was 15 grand. Which, by the way, is pointless. Can I just say? (laughs) So the glass roof has that technology that's supposed to be from the 612 Scaglietti that, you know, turns, it's blue and then you push a button and it goes light. Like McLaren do that as well. Yeah, but it doesn't work. It It was blue or dark blue. It never went clear. Right. So I was like, this is pointless. And you sit in the driver's seat, you don't even know it's behind you. So I'm sorry, if you're getting a poor sandwich, which <laughs> some, some of our listeners will be, um, don't spec the glass roof. It's don't, totally pointless. Do not listen to him. No, it's, to- mate, it's pointless. But, it's but totally pointless. It might be Get pointless. the carbon fibre roof, it's lighter. Right, it might be pointless, but you... <sighs> I would, I would have, I would because you're speaking it like an SUV. Uh, yeah, wrong because that's what I, because that is what I think it is. Whether whether it's wrong or right, and the general public will perceive it to be an SUV because of they are going to be disappointed. By the way, you are right, but the 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 general consensus with that car one because of the price because of how much it's like eye watering how much it is, and the fact that you said it is basically a a jacked up RS6 is even more eye-watering. 
is is the people coming out of it and they're going to be disappointed. They're going to go in it and go, flipping, I should have kept my Range Rover. Or what I should have kept, I should have kept my Range Rover. And if I wanted to go a little bit faster, I should have bought a Pista and I could have had a Pista and a Range Rover for the same money as this poxy thing I've just bought. Would you have a panoramic, panoramic roof on your Pista? No, because it's not because it's not a Pista, mate. But the pan roof... So, the pure Sangway, <laughs> you are adding weight at the top of the car with your pan roof. I'll tell you another that thing. That is pointless. I'll tell you another thing. I wouldn't have an RS6 without a pan roof either. F- okay, so... Because it would be stupid. But the thing is, this is the worst pan roof I've ever experienced in my life. But fair it's not enough. Pan- it was so dark, I never knew it was a pan roof. <laughs> I had to ask Tim's girlfriend... Poopy, who was in the back, Poopy. I was like, it's like, is there a pan roof? Because I think it's not, I think this is the carbon fiber roof. It's so dark. Right. You can, like, it's the biggest waste of money ever. You are not getting any benefit of a pan roof. All you're doing is adding weight. And the thing is, <laughs> if you're buying a Ferrari Pura Sangue, apart from the fact that you want everyone to know how insanely rich you are, somewhere inside of you, you've got to think, well, I'm buying it because I want to actually drive. I am conceding actual usability, practicality, etc. I just want a car. Drive, drive where, mate? To the Alps. No chance. No, one million percent. Drive not, to it or around them. Around them. You do not want to go on a supercar convoy in that car, but you would be very surprised at how good and enjoyable that car is on a proper twisty road because the suspension is so clever that it just eats up the road I, w- I wouldn't be surprised and and i could absolutely vision how good it probably would be but it ain't gonna be as good as a pista no, no mate of course it's not gonna be exactly. good as a, but can you get four people in a pista no 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 but what, what i'm trying to say is is that for the money it is it should be as good you should be no, able to do no, everything no. No, no 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 don't be stupid i'm not, you I'm can't, not being stupid it's you, 400 grand mate 400 people but, buy houses for less yeah yeah but you but that you, you can't say just because it's 400 grand it should be it should be able to do everything a pista can do it's a two-seat mid-engine supercar yeah this is a four-seat four-door jacked up estate car but at the weekend you said it was a supercar well, I said it was a four. I didn't say. I didn't say. It was <laughs> you a supercar. said supercar. I said, I said. I said it's better to think of it as a supercar. <laughs> no, the, but the estate car argument is the better. It's an. It's a super estate. It's definitely a super right. estate. But but the point being is that if you had, it's not a family's a bit punchy. You can have your family, but it's the ultimate friends trip. You know, like like fair. We're, we're gonna but cruising. No, mate, you can properly get on it in this thing. Right. You you need to drive it. Okay. Because okay, it's Turbo S. It's that. It's not absolutely set the road alight. I'm doing ultimate track. Do you think times. it'd be as fast as Turbo S? I think it'd be close. I genuinely think it might be close. Fl- a r- raw acceleration, no. It's two ton a bit. Yeah, but it's really heavy. I would say it would be as quick point A to point B. That's what I would say. Yeah, but hold on a minute, mate. Hold on a minute. Okay, well, hill, on a hill climb. Yeah, but but I I I always like you know A to B on a road. It's very, very rare you can lose a car on a road unless you're an absolute lunatic. But in general, if you've got a half-decent fast car, we've said this so many times before, that actually an M2 or a Golf R, you'd keep up with most cars. Unless unless you're going absolutely flat out in a supercar, most of the time, most people's capabilities, you'd keep up in every car. Because you're on the road. We are on the road, aren't we? It's not race track. Yeah. 
No, no, of course. I think what I'm trying to say is that it's that similar thing where take tur- Turbo S versus GT3 or Turbo S versus Pista or whatever. You're not in the purest language, you're not getting Pista or even 812 razor sharpness. Think of the Lusso, which was always 80% of Ferraris or even the FF, which was 75% of the full blooded stuff. But because of the increased suspension travel, you can just carry the speed and the brakes it's got that ABS Evo technology from the yeah, 296 yeah, great. which is accessible in all modes not just in the in the race mode um, it, you just carry the speed mate that's right. what it is and it just gives you constant traction and confidence so that's why I would say it's a car for all situations not necessarily your supercar rally I wouldn't say take that car on the, on the trip with the lads but it, it is just it's the ultimate usable Ferrari. It's the ultimate usable Ferrari. But at 400k, I completely agree with you. If you actually... Because you can that, have a Turbo S for 200 grand. Or have a Turbo S and a Urus. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like the, the, the point being, <laughs> do you really need that car in your life that you're prepared to pay that money? Like, like or just, mate, just go buy a Lusso. Well, just go I, buy a Lusso and a Pista. Well, yes. Well, this, this is the uniqueness of Ferrari as a brand. There would be no other brand in the world that would get away with selling this car apart from Ferrari. It, in terms of price point, in terms of what it is, they'll all be sold. Oh, yeah, sold out. They're all sold out, for, as in... Ferrari won't say that, by the way. So No, 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 but they will be, So, sure. yeah, so the, the V12 is only going to be... It's a limited production run. There will be another engine going in that car. Ferrari, again, refused to comment on it. Um, uh, people did ask many, many times, but there will be another engine going in that car. We know, we know. We know we what's know happening. But, but, the, but the V12, it's a couple of years of production, basically. It's 20% of that output. So it's like a couple, it's like 2,000 cars a year or just under 2,000 cars a year. They're all spoken for. Ferrari, I, I, asked, I heard 1,000 cars a year. Well, it's 20% of the total output. Oh, was it 20%? Yeah, I 20%. heard 10%. No, no, 20% of the total output. Right, okay. Um, so... Uh, in the official press conference, I said to Ferrari, I said, who do you expect to buy? Do you expect this will bring new customers to the brand like all other manufacturers launch an SUV with the hope that it's going to bring new people to the brand? And secondly, if I am new to the brand, can I walk into a Ferrari dealership and just buy one of these cars? And they said, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. No. Said, of, course, of, <laughs> of course, the first few cars are offered to our, you know, most loyal customers, but after that, you know, and I said, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're gone. You, no you, chance. You, you just cannot. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's, it's because... I think Ferrari now are more than the product that they offer. Mate, they are. It, it's why we love the brand and and the car and the product so much because it is absolutely unique and offers something that no other car brand offers. It is, okay, you have got Bugatti, like you said, and but that's really real, real niche stuff, you know, but... Ferrari is another level, mate, compared to all these other brands and how they behave and how they operate. And yeah, sometimes they make you jump through hoops and you have to, but at least you have a clear path of what's going on and where you are. And like I said, when they, when they launch these cars and how they protect their brand and how they, how, how they go about their businesses, I think it's incredible. So why, so is, why is it acceptable for Ferrari to say, if you want a Pura Sangue, you can have one, but you've got to sign a contract saying you're going to only sell it back to us for the first 18 months. And for Porsche to give somebody a hard time about what they did with their Turbo S, what's the difference? Because Ferrari, it, the, the, it's controlled by the manufacturer. 
are not controlled by the dealers. Uh, Porsche is controlled by the dealers and not the not the manufacturer. So the manufacturer with the GT products and the stuff that they don't want flipped. I'm not talking about the McCanns and the KNs and they don't care about them. I'm to- and even normal 911s and stuff. I'm talking about the stuff they don't want to go on the market. There needs to be a department like Ferrari. The difference between Ferrari and Porsche as well is that that, that Ferrari only make maximum of 10,000 cars a year. Porsche probably make 300,000 cars a year. So it's, it's, it, the goal, I mean, they're real mass producer Porsche now, you know, so it's probably very hard for them to control. But if, if, they, if, they, if they want to do something about it, they need to create a department to control it because Ferrari control it, control the market. I'll give you another, another um, scenario as well. Um, Ferrari dealers are not allowed to advertise cars why they're still being built are over list. They're not allowed to advertise on the market. And if you do, you get told off, as in take that car down. So about three, four weeks ago, there were 20 296s online, probably 10 at Ferrari dealers, all advertised at Overlist, as in or their, their list or whatever. They've all been taken down. Really? Yeah, because Ferrari have said, the, the cars ain't all sold, yeah, no chance. Yeah, yeah. Ferrari have said to the dealers, take the cars down. They're taken down. It's the power of this. So you, you're, the issue is, is it because of the... Um, the randomness of Porsche or like the, the non, as in like, it's all so different. Like, like it's the control. So because at Ferrari, it's a blanket thing of wherever you are buying a Pura Sangue in the world, you cannot sell it for 18 months. Doesn't matter. Whereas in Porsche, every dealer plays it a bit differently. And it's, is that what the it's issue the, is? It's the, it's the dealers. Yeah. In Porsche, the, the dealers are given the allocation and they decide where the cars go. Whereas Ferrari, the Pura Sangue, the dealers will will have given uh, Ferrari a list of people that want the cars, and if Ferrari don't want you to have a car, you're not having one. Yeah, it's yeah, as simple as that. Ferrari get to choose. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because I, I like you, sort of hear the stories of Ferrari, and, and and often I don't hear as many complaints. It sort of seems to be with Ferrari, it's like, oh, of course, sir, you can have a Pista, but you must buy this Lusso and this Cali T as well. And if you do so, then you get a pista. Correct. Where with Porsche, it's, well, new GT3 is coming. And if you get that McCann, well, it could help towards your GT3 allocation. Yeah. You get the McCann, then you never get the GT3. Yeah. So it, it seems to be more straight up with Ferrari. Yeah. This is what you have to do. If you do it, then you're going to get the car. We, we're not going to backtrack on it. We're not going to change it. That's the, yeah. and sometimes the criteria is insane. Sometimes yeah. you have to buy these three cars. Just oh, to get mate. This, like, but, but that's that. They're just being upfront about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what, maybe we're biased. I don't know, but there's just something which is a bit different. And maybe it's because it's Ferrari and what they represent. <clears> and they've always been this way. Maybe with Porsche, it's a new thing. Is it a new thing over the last five or 10 years for well, Porsche become to be more so po- punchy? They've become more popular. So they've become more arrogant. Well, obviously, because one, they're one of the most profitable brands in the world. And it's just more of a popular brand now. So, you know, it, it becomes more of a, a subject to talk about. I'll tell you another thing with Ferrari as well. With the SF90, there was millions of them advertised, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, fair. There ain't none now. Mm. You know why? Because Ferrari have said the special car's coming, yeah. uh, the Pista or the Special, yeah. yeah, whatever it's called. You have to have an SF90 to get one of them. 
and you mm. have to have had an SF90. So all the ones that are on sale at return, they've all come off the market. So uh. wants a special car. It's, so what happens then, when they come off the market, they then strengthen up. Uh. Prices strengthen up because there ain't none. There's no challenge for dollars on the market either. FYI. FYI. Who cares? <laughs> um, well, you know, it's such a tough one because I think, you know, that Pura Sangway, I really did like it and I really was impressed by it. Is it a Ferrari that I absolutely dream of owning? Eh, eh. Is there a price where I would have been more excited by it? Eh. Even if it was 250 grand? I still can't not- be 250 grand. Anurus is 250 grand. But you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it was. Yeah. I'm not certain that it's the first Ferrari I'm buying. Like, I, I do like it. Like I do, I was really impressed by it. And I've said this before, I think on the show, like mod, I, I find more and more that I'm a, I'm an old, I love old Ferraris and new Porsches. And, and, and it was just really good and really impressive. It did lack a bit of emotion. We spent, mo- it was an interesting day. And I have to say up until the lunch stop, cruising around and I was like eh, right, cool got massage seats in a Ferrari like it's really quiet really quiet which they've done on purpose because it's supposed to be a refined experience they didn't want it too loud in the back and the suspension is really nicely soft so you're like oh it's lovely everything's dialed down and the, then I took it from the lunch stop and I did the quick driving up and down the pass and at that point I was like oh wow there's like, a Ferrari there's a Ferrari in yeah, here yeah yeah but when you're not doing that, I was just a bit like, meh, like, yeah, cool, like, sure. And to be fair, I was a bit like that with the 296 until I drove the 296 GTS mm. and had a proper going one. And I was like, okay, now it's amazing. So maybe it's this new age Ferrari that that they're dialing down the feeling and the emotion a little bit, sort of at lower speeds. Well, it's not just that, mate. They're, 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 they're trying to make a car for everyone, which is obviously what these manufacturers do nowadays. You know, they're, they don't make a specific now. They make, they make it for everyone. Sure. So, you know, and Ferrari, you know, as, as niche as it is, it is still for everyone. Mm. You know, if your dream is to own a Ferrari, yeah, it will cost you a few quid, but you can have one. Yeah. You know, yeah. anyone can have one. So, um, like you said, there, there, there's a path of, of what you have to do. And, and actually, you don't even have to do that if you don't want to. If you don't want to play the game, don't play the game and just go and give the overs for one because actually sometimes that is cheaper. Well, what do we think the overs will be for a pure Sangway? Surely the first few cars are going up for a mil. No. Surely. No. If we know what we no. know, which is you will not be able to buy a new V12 because that is the fact. So no, if you are mate. desperate for surely, mate. No, 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 no. I, I, I think we will see them um, 200 over. 600 odd. Between five and six, I think. Probably 200 over because of this 18-month thing where it's got to go back to the network. But And then don't forget, like, the Ferrari dealers, they'll be selling them off that won't even be advertised as in yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. is they'll be changing hands without us even knowing yeah of course of because course. well they'll call up the people who couldn't get one from the factory so we've got one but correct one's that's become exa- available that's exactly what's happened do you want this car now yeah I'm just interested to find out what customers are going to think because obviously I was with Tim who's got one coming <laughs> yeah, yeah he was very happy very excited I, I actually haven't watched this video in I haven't had time but uh, with me in the car he said he was very happy so sorry Tim if I outed you there <laughs> um, uh, Alexa- uh, Andrew Alexander's he's got one coming yeah, he's yeah. super excited because he's like he was obsessed with but the he Luso lo- he loves SUV type big well, type yeah. cars and the Luso is one of his favourite ever so I said yeah. perfect I said it's a Luso with two extra doors and even more ability yeah. so 
But yeah, I'll be very interested because you're right. There will be a lot of people getting out of there. Eurus's DBX's Range Rovers and things like that to go and um to go and jump in one. So it's going to be fascinating. But yeah, I, I'm grateful for the experience, and I just in my mind to say I will still beat the drum for it not being an SUV and actually being a very fast A6 I, all road. I also think it's a bit of a willy waving car as well. Yeah, for sure. Because it it, it what it does, even if you haven't got a collection of of a, of Ferraris, if you've got one of them. A lot of people will assume you have. Yeah, I assume you've got loads. Of, well, you're going to have to have loads of stuff. No. You're going to have to have loads of cars. Just to yeah. be able to, you know, it's going to suggest that you are doing very well for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, but that is, you know, say Ferrari controlling it. You know, they, yeah, they want it to be seen in the right hands, in the right places. Yeah. They want it to remain super intriguing. I mean, we spoke about it before we started recording. The interest and intrigue in that car has been insane. The, yeah. the views of all the videos that launched, the, the numbers on some of the articles, it's just, it's just flown. People are fascinated by it. So you rock up to any event, people are going to go, oh my God, look, it's one of those Pura Sangway things. But that's the Ferrari marketing, mate. It's, they're unbelievable. They're brilliant. Uh, Kevin in the live chat says, a million bucks sounds over the top at first, but considering the ludicrous car market the past few years, it might as well sell for that kind of money, um, or it might well sell for that kind of money. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. You know, there, there have been crazier overs for less hyped cars uh, in recent years. So let's see when the first one comes on the market. But um, I, I do think we might see one getting close to the, at least the £900,000 mark, which is insane. But we're going to wrap things up. Uh, that is this week's episode. Let us know your thoughts below. Uh, has our conversation changed your mind about the Pura Sangway? Have any of the other reviews changed your mind about it? Or do you still think it's a bit pointless? The one thing which I said we would discuss, which we haven't, is that stupid Mazda comparison. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't be dealing with it, mate. No. <laughs> uh, there was an amazing article that Jonathan Schley from, um, uh, uh, oh my God, I have a complete, absolute mind blank. I, I had so many DMs. When I shared your story about um, at the weekend, I had so many DMs saying it's basically a Mazda. Yeah, I, but that's what they, all the comments were like, oh, it's a Mazda, it's a Mazda, it's a Mazda, uh, which like, it's like, cool. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Heisenbiety. Sorry, yeah, John, yeah. Jonathan likes a Heisenbiety. And he said, shared an article, which was like, it's like that generic car guy who doesn't know the difference between a, a polo and a golf and sees the picture and goes, yeah, same car, bro. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah, come on. Anyway, <laughs> that's us getting... And uh, actually, I, I don't... I couldn't give a toss about the Pura saying. Really? No, because I don't want one. I'm not, it's too much money. Uh, it's too much money for... For, for for me for what it is not 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 too much money I can have one if I want one but I don't, I don't want one yeah I'd rather spend four hundred grand on two cars I'd rather spend four cars yeah <laughs> I'd rather spend four hundred grand on a on a proper supercar and a and a Range Rover yeah or anything <laughs> any like get take your pick well I think yeah do you have any supercar in any well, proper I, SUV but or but, a state car yeah I, I would I I mean I, the R six wasn't it for me but I would get a Panamera turbo se hybrid or whatever and a pista yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean like i love the rs6 mate i know you i do. drive it all the while now i know you do mind you my new uh defender commercials coming next oh week. hello that's oh, exciting no. yeah i'm back into week. defenders again uh, me van i'm selling me van that little van that i've i mean you cannot make this up bought that van we bought we bought two of them yeah 
It's over a year old, done 20,000 miles, going to earn money on it. That's insane. It's gone up. That's insane. And, and it unbelievable. Let's start flipping vans. <laughs> That's a whole side business <laughs> alongside our 918 raffle competition. More on that soon. Really? Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, join us for our live recording session next week where you can get into the live chat. Uh, like Brandon, who's saying the uh, Euros looks like an Aztec. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yes, rude. You, yeah, of course. Uh, and also, you'll be uh, uh, listening to our latest episode of After Chicken Flag that uh, Paul and I are going to be recording after he gets back from his trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, if you want to follow Tony in the meantime, he's at Tony Gravel Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya.